Church brand new series entitled New Year's Revolution. So we were starting this series today and the series is going to be several weeks long. We're going to be talking about today how to revolutionize your life. We're starting off 2014. We want to do things right. We want to get things prioritized. You know everybody has a dream for what we'd like our families to look like, our relationships to look like. But yet many times somehow throughout the course of that New Year's resolution it doesn't stick does it? It's like what happened man? We're not anywhere closer this year than we were last year, and then you go roll that new year around, and you go, man, now i got to make the same resolution I made last year, and it doesn't stick. And so we want to help you at Revolution Church just throughout your life. We want to give you something relevant, something that you can use day to day, something that whenever you, you go to home and you're sitting with your family at that dinner table or lunch table, it gives you something to talk about, something to say, hey, in this area of our life, are we who, who we're supposed to be according to what Jesus would have us to be? And so we're trying to be very relevant in our, in our structure and in our pattern on how to, how to reach people. So in this series, we're going to be talking about how to not just only revolutionize your life, but revolutionize your finances. We're going to talk about revolutionizing your relationships with other people, revolutionizing your marriage to make it stronger than it's ever been. We're going to talk about revolutionizing your friends and your community. Then after that, we have a marriage series we're going to be um, going straight into. That's the next series. And so if you guys um, would like to enhance your marriage, dude, we're going to be rolling straight into that. We're going to talk about happily never after, all right? Because it's supposed to be happily ever after, but we go, what happened? And so there's issues there. We want to talk you through them. And so we hope that you'll go on this journey with us of just endeavoring to be the church to this community. Because we believe that God wants to do something great here. My wife Amy and I moved here from Ohio last January. Uh, last week was exactly one year, last Sunday, since we arrived on the scene. We didn't know anybody. We were scared. We didn't know what was going to happen. All we knew was that God wanted us to come to the city of McKinney and start a church. Now, that's crazy because there's churches getting started everywhere. So you go, why do we need another church? I don't know. I don't know. I think God wants to do something here. And he obviously wants me to be a part of it because I left a secure job. I left a secure um, family environment. All our family was there. Life was good. And then he decided to bring me here. But I got to say, I love this city. I love everything about this place. God, it's funny, he actually knows what he, he's doing. All right? It's one of those things where God, knowing all, knew that this would be the right spot. And so I'm excited today to, one year later, be looking at you. And you go, why? And I say, because I didn't know if anybody would, would even catch on to this vision of what Revolution Church would be all about. I didn't know if it was something that, that we were going to struggle through or if it was just going to be easy. I didn't know, but I know that God's in it. And that's all I really need to know is I've learned throughout this journey one year ago to put my faith and belief in him and know that he's got everything under control. And so I wanted to share with you today some good moments and some bad moments. Today, I want to talk to you about three things. Here's what they are. We have uh, three things that happen in our life. We have good moments. We have bad moments, right? And then we have this third option, which we rarely use. We have God moments. Today, some of you guys were baptized. You became followers of Jesus Christ. You decided to follow him in baptism and just live your life for God. I believe that you experienced a God moment today. In talking to some of the guys in the restroom, they said, man, I feel great. I was like, dude, that's a God moment right there. That's a God moment. 
They couldn't have experienced that, though, if they weren't willing to submit themselves to what God had for them. They couldn't have experienced it. I want to share with you some good moments um, in my life. Here's, here's a good moment that happened with me. Y'all remember whenever you first got your license. Y'all remember this? And you were able to drive. Come on, put them up. Y'all remember this? Some of y'all are smiling. You're nodding your head. You're like, yeah, I remember that. And you get it, and you have freedom. And it's like, I can go anywhere I want to go, and mom's not in the car telling me to turn the radio off but you're still too scared to turn the radio on and drive because you're like, ugh, you know, it's a little, little nerve-wracking, but, but yet you do it. And remember your first car? How many of y'all remember the first car? Dude, here's a picture of, of one of my first cars, and this was an Eagle Talon. Loved the car. Decked out the car with all those stupid blue neon lights that were way too expensive, and I thought I was something. I was 16 years old, and I was hot riding around everywhere. And uh, this is a good moment. When you get your license and you have freedom, I just met, what's her name? And she's 15, and she's about to get her license. I met her. Dude, I'll pump for you. But let me tell you the bad moment, ready? You got a good moment. The bad moment is this, ready? Throw it up there. Yeah, all right. Uh, Bad moments um, in my life would be getting the car. Great moment, man, great moment. Bad moment, wrecking the car. Not good. Um, How about this one? Y'all remember your first date? The first person that said that they would go on a date with you. And you're like, dude, this is a good day. Like, I must be better than I thought I was. You know, and you, you, you have that, and you're like, it's my first date. This is, this is going to be good until you get dumped, right? Then it's a bad day. All of a sudden, you're like, man, I had this good thing going. Um, for, for some people, you know, you, you have a, your marriage, and you think, that is a great day. Here's me married, all right? There I am. Looking spiffy, all right? It was a good day. It was a good day. But for a lot of people, to be honest with you, over 50%, a bad day happens with divorce. You know, that's a bad day, isn't it? You know, and, and, and it's, it's a hard time in our lives, and a lot of people are going through that. And if that's you today, I want you to know there's hope for you in this lesson today. Okay, there's hope. Um, how about this one? Here's a good moment. Here's me being a little baby, um, crying over my baby. This is my firstborn son, J.J., Man, oh, y'all remember having your first kid. Come on, put them up. You got your first kid. You remember those moments? Remember as a dad, your heart's pounding, and you're like, I don't know what to expect. And, you know, you're like more terrified than your wife, even though she has to go through it all. And you're like, I got to do something. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, some person told you, man, the miracle of birth, you will love the miracle of birth until you entered into that room and saw the miracle of birth. And you're like, wow, that is not as cool as they made it out to be. But um, it's pretty scary. But you have the good moment of of having a kid. And for us, uh, we had a very bad moment. It was like... um, Three or four days later, instead of taking that baby home and being able to just be there with the child and, and just brace what God was doing, I'm going to show you a picture of him um, underneath some tubes and, and basically or under some lighting. And he had some Billy Rubin levels that were going way out of whack. And long story short, if they get uh, to a certain level, it can cause brain damage. And this was a time in our life that was a very, very, very hard trying time. It was a time where we had to learn to rely on the Lord because there was nothing we could do. There's nothing worse than seeing somebody you love just, and they had like these, these clear walls that were kind of surrounding this whole thing. It was like we couldn't do anything. There was times where we couldn't touch the baby or go in and it was like trapped. That was a bad moment, man. That was a bad moment. Let me kind of update you. Four years uh, later, my son's four and he's running around destroying stuff in the nursery, all right? Praise the Lord that he was okay. But I'll tell you, in that moment, my faith, my faith was either going to be made stronger or I was going to falter. It was very, very, very tough. Um, you know, maybe for you, your kids, they get, they get bullied at school. 
and you're going, where's that kid at, dude? Tell me his name. I'm like, I'm going to go get him, right? Some of y'all have to deal with that. And that's hard to watch your kid go through something. And you're going, what are we supposed to do in this? How are we supposed to go forward? Um, as today's a special day. We've been playing this day for a long time. January 12th, New Year's Revolution. And we have our, my mother-in-law here with us today. She came all the way from Ohio, specifically to, to probably for the grandkids, right? But, but on this day, to see this day. And so we're blessed that she's here and uh, I want to announce to the church today that Amy just found out that she's pregnant. All right? So we're praising the Lord. She's praying it's a girl. I don't know if it's in me to make a girl, but uh, we're hoping that it's a girl because I really, it would be cool to have a girl. But man, who had that baby in here? That girl was decked out, man. Somebody had a baby in here. They were dressed to the nines. I mean, it was, it was off the chart. I'm looking forward to that. You know, if we have a little baby girl, we're just going to make it happen with that. It's going to be awesome. But I'll tell you, the hard part about her being here is, is she's going to have to go back to Ohio. You know, and so even though there's this grandbaby here, you've got separation of families. Some of you guys have to deal with that today, and you're thinking of relatives that don't live here. And that's a tough situation. I know what it's like. I'm going through it. It's very, 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 very hard. The cool thing is, is... uh. The birth, uh, the birth date for the baby is September 17th. That's my mom's birthday. But Amy always comes a week early, and that could possibly be on, uh, on her dad's birthday. And so her father has passed a couple years ago, and so that would kind of be a cool moment. But you got good moments, you got bad moments. How about this one? How about graduating and moving on to adulthood? Isn't that a good moment? Some of you guys shaking your head. I see over here, she's like, I can't wait. You know, you get the cap, you get the gown, you get the little piece of paper, and you're like, listen, man, these are good moments. It's about to happen, all right? The world's about to see who I am. I'm about to step into this thing. This is my year. We got all these dreams and all these all these things that we're doing until we realize once you're like 18 and, and you're, you're out on your own, wow, there's responsibility that goes along with being an adult. So you guys are learning that, some of you, and you go, this is a bad time now because I got bills to pay and there's people chasing me and like, you know, all this stuff. You're like, dude, what's going on with you guys? And this is the stages of life that we go through. You know, another one I think of that's a good moment is our first job. Remember the first people that took a chance on you? They're like, yeah, we'll hire you. And you're like, I wouldn't even hire me, so why are you hiring me? Uh, but you didn't tell them that, and you're like, okay, so here's the deal. You get your first job, but man, one day, um, maybe, maybe your company downsizes. Some of you guys are going through layoffs, or maybe you even, your job's eliminated altogether. Those are bad moments. So you have these good moments, you have these bad moments, and it, it gets very, very hard. How about this one? Um, we love the, the idea of growing up, that our parents have all the responsibility, right? They, they have to feed us. They have to put a roof over our head. And we get to just eat. Like my kids have it made. They eat, they sleep, and they play games. And that's it. And they, they like ask me to play games all day. Like I don't have anything else to do, right? Because they're like, well, I'm free. Why aren't you free? And so it's like one of those things. But we love that part of life. You know it's hard, though, whenever you get a little older and you're in adulthood and your parents get older? All of a sudden, now you have to make decisions for your parents. You have to do some things that you don't prefer to do. For instance, you might have to figure out nursing, nursing care for them. You may have to figure out decisions um, if there's a funeral or death in the family. You have to figure some of that out. Those are bad moments. We have times as family where we go, this is great. Our parents, this is all great. And then we have times in our life where we go, man, that is so hard. These are all decisions we have to take care of, and, and it's tough. Good moments, bad moments. I just believe that God knew with all of his heart, he must have known that we'd go through stuff like this. He must have known. He's a pretty smart guy. I mentioned that earlier. He's a pretty smart guy. And I believe that God 
wants 2014 to be the best year of your life. I believe with all of my heart that God wants to have a breakthrough happen in your world. I think that he wants you to see things you've never seen. He wants you to go places you've never gone and experience him in ways that you've never experienced him before. So why is it, though, that we all know very familiar to these good moments, lots of them, lots of bad moments, but it seems like for whatever reason, these are kind of few and far between. But yet all of us sitting here, if I had you raise your hand and you say, how many of y'all want to experience a God moment today? Most likely everyone would raise their hand and say, yeah, I'd be for that. Why is it that we're lacking here? And that's what I really want to talk about today, is how we can experience more of these God moments in our lives. If you have your Bibles today, we, we love the Bible here. We, we believe that the whole Bible is true, um, not just pieces of it. We think that everything that God said needs to be abided by. It needs to be looked at, and it needs to be taught. And so today, we just want to give you, straight from God's Word, a good moment in Jesus' life, a bad moment in Jesus' life, and a God moment in Jesus' life. And we'll kind of break through this together, but I think that God wants to revolutionize your life today. Notice I said today and not next week. Notice I didn't say a month from now or, or maybe next year. I think He wants to revolutionize your marriage. I think He wants to revolutionize your finances, your community, you yourself individually. He wants to strengthen you in ways that you can't even imagine. It's above all that we ask, think, or imagine is what God wants us to experience. He's got it right here, and he's saying, here's a God moment, and I'm going to show you how you can receive it, okay? If you've got your Bible, go to the book of Luke. Um, if you have a smartphone with you today, which I always carry the Bible on my phone, it's with me 24-7, there's an app called Uversion, and we'll throw a logo up on the screen. Here's what it looks like. You can download this app for free to your smartphone. You can click over it. You can use many translations. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version today, and uh, if you want to follow along, go ahead and click over there. Luke chapter 2, we'll spend a minute there. We're going to be in Luke chapter 22, and then we'll, we'll proceed forward from there. But basically, um, I want you to get a good picture of God today. I want you to see the heart of God today. In Luke chapter 2, Jesus experienced a good moment in his life. Let me, let me show you his good moment. His good moment, uh, or really, well, he had a lot of them because he's, he's really God, but his birth. Now, we just came off of Christmas and so you're probably familiar to the idea that Christmas is all about Jesus Christ. So a good moment we can say is the wise men coming from the east from a far distance to come see him. Like I love the fact that Amy's mom came from a far distance to come see us. That's great. These wise men come from a far distance to come see us. And, and they're experiencing the birth of Jesus. And here's the deal. They're bringing gifts. How many of y'all love gifts? Come on, let's put them up for some gifts. You can be selfish. You're like, I don't want to look selfish. Listen, dude, I love me some gifts. Yeah, I don't even care if I like the gift. You just wrap something up, and i like, dude, I get to unwrap something. This is sweet, you know? Buy me some paper plates, dude, I'm pumped. All right, I don't care. I don't care. That's a good moment. So Jesus has, has this good moment, and it's great because the birth of Jesus is a monumental moment, really. It really is, because without the birth of Jesus... We couldn't experience what I'm about to share with you without him coming to this earth. So it's pivotal that he came. I want to read you a verse about the celebration of Jesus being here. Luke chapter 2 verse 13 says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now stop right there for a second. Let's check this out. There's not just like some music playing in the background, a party for Jesus. A multitude of angels showed up. 
And they start praising God. Can you imagine? This is a good day in the life of Jesus. You're Jesus, you're going, this is pretty cool, man. You know, like, and of course, like, he deserves it. He's God. He's God. So this is a good moment, the birth of Jesus. Let me share with you this. Um, here's a bad moment. Luke chapter 22. We'll start reading in verse 39. So if you flip over there or click over there, Luke chapter 22. We'll start in verse 39. We see Jesus experiencing a very bad moment. It says this. When he came to the place. Okay, the place is the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay, when he came to the Garden of Gethsemane, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. He's talking to his disciples here. Pray that you don't enter into temptation. Now, the disciples simply means followers of Jesus. Okay, the followers of Jesus, and pray that you don't enter into temptation. Verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. So he's just a few feet away. And he knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Now let me explain what he's saying here. He's saying, listen, I know what I came to this earth to do. When I was born here in this world, remember, he was up in heaven first. You got heaven, and he's looking down, and he's saying, I want to make a way that for everyone that ever enters into this world to have their sin forgiven so that they can go to heaven. That's what my desire is. I love them too much to keep them in the condition that they're in. So he's in heaven and he says, I'm going to be born and I'm going to live a life just like you and I lived, experiencing the weight of the world, right? It was a good day and he's excited about his birth, but, but he moves on into understanding, I came here for a purpose. My purpose is to be taken away, to be crucified on a cross. I'm going to explain why he had to do that here in a minute, but he knew that the only way for you and I to have a relationship with him was for him to do this. So he knew why he came, but in this moment, right here, he's having a bad moment. Why is he having a bad moment? Because he's experiencing everything that's going to take place. Every sin that you're going to commit, everything that I'm going to do wrong, everything that we're going to do that's displeasing and dishonoring to God, he's thinking of all those things. Every bad emotion that we've ever gone through, the stress and the overwhelmness that he's feeling right now. The Bible says... Um, is, is very overwhelming to the point where he says, if there's any other way, God, for them to have their sin forgiven so that they can go to heaven, so that we can have a relationship, but if there's any other way, God, let this cup pass over me. He's feeling the weight of everything. I want you to see this. Skip with me to verse 44. I want you to see how bad this truly was. It says, and being in agony. Now, I don't know. I don't use the word agony too much. Um, I've never experienced pain where I said, man, I'm in agony. But this guy is obviously suffering. It's a bad moment. And being in agony, it says, Jesus prayed more earnestly. Then look at this. Then his sweat became like drops of blood falling down to the ground. Anyone ever been so overwhelmed or stressed that you have drops of blood that you're sweating? This is actually a medical condition known as hematidrosis. Jesus was experiencing everything that you've ever been overwhelmed with. He's all-knowing. He's all God. There's nothing hidden from his eyes. He knows everything. He knew every bad thing that's ever going to happen. He knew every time we were going to turn away from him. And he experienced the pain of that, almost as if, you know, he is our father and we are his children. And when our children do something that breaks our heart, you experience it. He was experiencing that because of what we did. So much so that this medical condition, hematidrosis, he began to sweat drops of blood. 
Talk about being overwhelmed. So he's in the garden having a really bad moment. Sweating drops of blood. You know what we do when we're overwhelmed? You know what we typically do when we're stressed out? We run to things that can't help us. You know what most people do? They run to drinking. You know why they want to drink? So they can forget. So they can forget. Um, there's a lot of people that they run to drugs. And there's so many different drugs out there nowadays, I can't keep them all straight. But there's so much out there. And why do people run to drugs to solve their problem? They, they run there because it numbs the pain for just a moment. They want to forget what's going on. Um, some people, when they're overwhelmed and stressed, they, they lash out in a fit of rage. Maybe they do it towards their family or towards their friends and they begin to burn some bridges. Some people, when they're, they're overwhelmed and stressed, they get a really bad attitude. We can say amen at some point. Amen, right? And some people, you don't have to nudge your spouse or anything. Just, yeah, that happens from time to time. You get, you get a bad attitude. You get a bad spirit. And those bad spirits, you know, don't lead us to good things, do they? On bad moments, many times we run to bad things. Now, remember this. If you don't get anything else out of today, I want you to know that the Bible is here to give us the answer to our problem. It's here, and it has the solution to everything. So you've been looking. You don't need to look any longer, all right? It, it's here. It's here, and it's here for us. So we get to explore God's Word. And today I want to show you what Jesus did as he's being overwhelmed, as he's being stressed. There's so many different directions he could have gone, but let me show you specifically why he was really stressed and why this was a really bad moment. Look at verse 46. It says this, while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve disciples, might we add, went before them and drew near to Jesus to do what? To kiss him. Now this wasn't a good kiss. This was a kiss of betrayal. It says, but Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? One of his closest friends, one of his closest followers is literally betraying him and abandoning him. And if you know the story, this leads to Jesus being crucified. Now Jesus, being all-knowing God, knew this was going to happen. That's why he was stressing so much over the weight of what was about to take place. Bearing the weight of the whole world on his shoulders has to be a task. Has to be a task. So he's experiencing this bad moment. I want to show you this. You have a good moment, his birth. A bad moment there in the garden. Now I want to show you the God moment. I told you the Bible has all the answers. But I want you to see this. On the back of your notes, I want you to write this. Here's the line for today. Here's the main point. The whole, let's sum it all up. Ready? God moments only happen when we see what Jesus wants us to see and do what he wants us to do. I'm going to say that again. God moments can only happen. This is the only way they happen. When we see what Jesus sees and do what he wants us to to do. Somebody ought to write that down. Somebody needs to tweet that. Somebody needs to Facebook this thing, right? Because this is an important moment here. If we're wanting more of this in our lives, the only way to get it is to see what Jesus would have for us. And it looks different for everyone. For you, it, it may be, you know, I need to, to work on my marriage a little bit. If I'm going to experience more God moments in my life, I'm realizing that, that I'm stuck right now. And I'm stuck because my marriage isn't where it needs to be. For other people, it's, you know, I need to be more involved in the work of God. I need to get involved in serving. And I need to, to be something more than myself. It's got to not be selfish. 
There's these different things, but you've got to identify what you see. What is it Jesus is trying to show you today? And then you've got to go do what he wants you to do. I want you to see, um, this is very important, in order to experience this God moment, Jesus, he, he realizes that, hey, I want this cup to pass over me because I'm overwhelmed. But I know that this cause is bigger than myself. It's so important. So what he did was he went here to this very familiar symbol, to the cross. And even though he wanted to have the cup pass over him, he said, I have to do this. It's the only way that you as a person sitting right there and me as a person standing right here are going to be able to get to God. It's the only way to go to heaven. Any other way isn't, isn't the way. It's a lie. The Bible tells us in John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. That no man will go to God except through what Jesus did here on this cross. Do y'all believe that today? Amen. So here's what he did. He hung on this cross and went through pain so you could have life. And it's a free gift. He's not charging you. He's not looking for a certain age group. He's not looking for a certain color of skin. He's just saying, listen, you and I do things that are wrong. We lie. We get angry. We have bitterness. We cheat. Some of us steal. Some of us, we have all these issues, don't we? And we're all, all, you and me, we have problems. The Bible tells us that Jesus was perfect. He lived a sinless life, meaning he never did anything wrong. And so the only way that we can have our sin forgiven the Bible tells us it's through death. So here's the line. I want to write it down here so you get a visualization of this. It says, death pays for sin. You were born with sin in your life. You say, that's strong. I don't know about that. Listen, you were born with sin in your life. I was born with sin in my life. You know how I know that? Because my son. All right? My son, I didn't teach him to do half the stuff that he does but he can like throw himself on the floor in Walmart and start kicking and screaming. I'm like, who taught him this? Well, nobody taught him this. He was just born with this fleshly desire to do things that we don't want him to do, that are against the nature right, of God. You know, why would anyone do that? Well, we're all born that way. We have sin on us. No one's exempt. God was perfect. The only way that, that our sin can be removed is through death. So here's your options. There's only two. Okay, let me share them with you today because I care about you. If I didn't care, I'd say, oh, I'm too scared to share it. I'm not too scared. I want to share it with you. I think it's a good, important piece of information that will change your life. You ready? Step one. First thing is the option of, hey, I'll just die on my own. Sin will be gone because I won't be breathing anymore, right? As you die on your own to pay for your own sin. Here's what that means. You don't get to go to heaven. You will be separated from God for all of eternity. You'll die and you'll go to hell. You say, that's really, really, really strong, Randy. I don't know if I like that. Well, here's the deal. I didn't say it. He did. All right? So don't be mad at me. Be mad at him. Step, step two is this. You can accept his death to pay for your sin. What a guy. What a guy. You can accept what he did on that cross to pay for your sin. But the only way that you'll be able to experience that God moment is if you submit yourself to understand what I just told you. Say, I believe that. I believe that the only way I'm going to get to heaven is to have my sin paid for. And I want to accept that free gift so my life can change for the better. That's what I'm here to do today. That's why God sent me to McKinney, Texas, to share that information with you right here, right now in this moment. God doesn't make mistakes. He never does. You're here for a reason. 
I know somebody said, hey, man, you want to go to Waffle House with me this morning? And they drove you to a school, and you went, where's the waffles? Right? And so you're here today, but you're like, I got hoaxed into this. But listen, God doesn't make mistakes. He just doesn't. I want to share with you this. Luke chapter 24, verse 36 tells us God, uh, Jesus had a God moment. And here's what it says. He didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave. We praise the Lord that, that we don't serve a God who is dead and buried, and he's got this tomb that he was buried in, and now all of a sudden, you know, you can go lay flowers here on this tomb. Well, if you're laying flowers there, here's the problem. He ain't there. The God I serve was much more powerful than that. And here's the deal. He kicked the tomb door wide open, and he said, dude, listen, bro, I'm God. All right, you thought you had me. Three days um, he was buried in this tomb and then they couldn't find him anywhere. And then he appeared to over 500 people and told them all about their next steps. And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them to observe all the things that I've written to you in my Bible. Make disciples of all nations. And he said, I am with you forever and to the end of the earth. Amen. And that was his commission to us, to go make disciples, to teach people what I just showed you today. That's why we exist. Let me just play a game here for a second. Let's play a what if game. What if, whenever he was right here in this bad moment of his life, and he was praying to God and he said, hey, if there's any other way to have this pass over me, let's do that. What if he would have never went through with it? You know, there's a lot of things that hold us back from doing what God would want us to do and experiencing these God moments. Fear could have held him back. He was sweating drops of blood. I mean, goodness sake, how much scarier can it get? If he wouldn't have done that, we would have no hope for heaven. We would all be destined to hell because we're all sinners. All of us. He could, have, he could have said, you know what? I just don't know if I've got it in me. I don't know if I can do it. But he didn't. He said, this is too important. And you know what, for you today, there may be things that are holding you back from going after it this year in 2014. There may be things holding you back from experiencing more of this in your life. And I want you to think about it right now. I appreciate your attention, by the way. This is a great crowd. You guys are so attentive. So important what I'm telling you guys. I want you right now to experience a God moment. The only way you can do it is to see what Jesus sees and do what he wants you to do. So that means it's going to require you to think about some things. What is it in your life that's holding you back from following God wholeheartedly? Is it a fear of failure? Maybe it's a fear of the past. Maybe you, you relive stuff. There's things that have happened to you. And you're stuck in the past and God can't give you a future because you're just living in this back here. 2014 can be a year of revolutionizing. But it can't happen until you submit and see what he sees. Do what he wants you to do. What's holding you back? Could it be not forgiving somebody? There's somebody in your life that has harmed you. They've hurt you badly, very, very deeply. The best you is not hidden behind that unforgiveness. The best you only happens when you break free of that. Some people, they need to forgive. How about this? Um, just a bad attitude. Seeing everything as negative. There's so much positive. There's so much positive in this world, you have to focus on it. 
The best you is, is hidden behind some of this stuff. And today I want to break it. I want to break it. And the first thing you've got to do is you've got to understand that your problem isn't too big for God. It's the first thing that you need to understand. 